0: You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Lanell Harris. In this recording, Linnell completes his series on are you living the life you really want? In this final part of the series, Lanell asks his radio audience, are your wants and desires written down? He also asks, do you know your life's goals so well, you can repeat them from memory? Let's join the conversation.
1: Are you living the life you really want part And I asked this last week, but I'll ask it again because I think it's a really important question. But are your wants and desires written down? And I'm not just talking about any want and any desire. I'm talking about those paramount wants and desires or goals and dreams. Um, Are they written down? I mean, things like I want to buy my first home or I want to purchase my first luxury vehicle. I'm talking about the big goals, right? I want to start my own business. Are they written down? And if not, that might be one of the critical first steps that you want to take, even while you're listening to the show tonight. And then I also asked last week, do you know your life's goals so well you can repeat them from memory? At the beginning of the year, Pam and I, we sat down and we put all our goals on a, a sheet of paper and then we we have our affirmations underneath that and we got them laminated. And I've read it so much at this point that often instead of picking it up, I, I just go through it in my head. And so she'll ask me, did you read your goals? I'm like, yeah, I read them. Why didn't see you read them? Well, it's because I know them by memory at this point because I'm constantly going over what do I want to achieve In 2015, I'm always going over that day after day after day to stay on the path. And it also tells me where my energy should be going. And we'll be diving a lot more into that later in the evening as well. But do you put the same passion into living and owning your life that you do in everything else? I mean, that's a big question. Because when you talk about owning and living your life often we're doing that by default versus with the same intention that we would let's say purchase bulls tickets for the playoffs right like hey i need to do this it's the first thing that's on your mind it's top of mind until you get it done i'm gonna buy some playoff tickets for monday night but do you have that same intention about your goals, about your dreams, or even how you wanna use a day to say, all right, here are the top three things I'm gonna get done today, and then after that, I can call that free time. So, do you put the same passion into living and owning your life that you do in everything else, like your favorite team, or your favorite show, or any of your favorite things overall? I think that's a really good barometer to use. Like, okay, here are my favorite things. Now, am I treating my life that way? So I'll be curious, you know, where you guys land on this this evening. Recently, the term YOLO got dubbed, and now you see that everywhere. Hashtag YOLO or hashtag Y-O-L-O. What does that mean? You only live once. And since we only live once, Are you living the life you really want to live? And are you as passionate about your dreams and goals as you are your favorite television show? Or are you really clear on what you're capable of achieving? So that is how I want to spend our time this evening. It's April. I mean, the year... It's just rolling on by. And it's not early April. I mean, it's April 25th, which means that next week this time, it will be May. And that will be the fifth month of the year. And I'm calling out April because March has always been one of my favorite sports months because of March Madness, right? March Madness comes along. You have the NCAA college basketball championship tournament. And in some ways, for me, March kicks off this this whole new arena of sports, right? But March Madness itself is, is nuts because at the start of the tournament, on that Thursday morning or early afternoon, you have 64 teams that have hopes of being the national champions. And by that Sunday evening of the same Thursday, right? So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By that Sunday evening, only 16 teams are left. And so those of you who are big basketball fans, as I am, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's a lot of basketball to play in four days. And so having been a former college basketball player myself, you know, I can make an entire show about the tournament and how wonderful it was this past year. And But that's not where I want to focus. Now the NBA playoffs are here, okay? And along with the NBA playoffs, we have the uh, NHL playoffs. And I know many of you will be watching Manny Pacquiao step into the ring against Floyd Mayweather next weekend. And over this weekend, while you'll be watching all these things, I really want to put something on your minds, right? Right. So if you thought I was about to talk about sports for an hour, (laughs) you don't know me that well. Um, Don't get me wrong, I love it. But but what I really want to put on our minds is what our number one priority should be. And I have to tell you, over the past couple of weekends, you know, with the NBA playoffs starting, while watching some of the games, it occurred to me that a lot of people make sports their number one priority. And I have a problem with that. And don't get me wrong, I'm a big sports guy. I mean, I love basketball, football, you know, I like to watch it, I like to play it. But I have a problem when you make something other than yourself, God, or your family your number one priority. And it got me to thinking. You know, when I'm thinking, typically I'll start asking myself questions. And the first question I had is, why do some of us cheer harder for our team playing a game than we do for ourselves? And what's even crazier about it is, why do we cheer harder for a team of men and women playing a game that we don't personally know than we do for ourselves? And the crazy part is, We get scared, we get stressed, we get excited through almost every minute of a basketball game, but are we even remotely that engaged for one hour of one day in our own lives? That is the question. And it's something to think about, right? Now, if you're not a sports fan, you might be like, well, that's not me. I don't have that problem. Well, what is it for you then? Is there something out there that you find yourself more engaged in, more excited about, more stressed about, more scared about, than your own life. Because then when I'm talking about sports or basketball, think about that, think about that thing. And really begin asking yourself, why is that the number one priority? Why is it that we are so willing to risk feeling the pain of loss and upset For our sports team, so we can celebrate the glory of their win, yet we avoid anything that resembles the possibility of pain, loss, and upset in our own lives. Some time ago, on a show, I shared a quote from Price Pritchett. He wrote the book, The Unfolding, and basically in the book, The Unfolding, he talks about how as humans, we feel the pain of loss far greater than we feel the joy of winning. And so as a result, we typically avoid any possibilities of loss or pain because we feel that pain much greater than we feel the joy of winning. I mean, that's why a lot of us don't take risk, right? That's why we haven't stepped out to start that business. That's why we haven't Given that speech or why we haven't done that thing that we really want to do that kind of scares us because that risk, the pain of loss, actually hurts more than the joy of winning. And that's what keeps us away. So why are we willing to engage in the loss of a team or the ups and downs of a show Because it is emotional, right? There's emotional reactions happening. Why are we willing to engage that way for other things, but we're unwilling to do that for our lives? I have a caller, Marty, from Atlanta. Would love to get your perspective on any of the questions that I've asked this evening. Marty, how are you? Welcome uh, to Inspirational Perspective.
2: Hey, thank you, Brother Linnell. Uh, good, Good, thanks for taking my call tonight. Oh, you're welcome, you're welcome. Hey, Brother Linnell, I just want to kind of chime in that I think that the way society is kind of geared and that we have this sort of vicarious kind of way that we project all of our hopes and aspirations on sports. I think your question earlier was uh, why do we feel the pain of loss? More than the joy of winning, mm-hmm. and I think I think for for many of us, it's kind of it's a risk. And Like you say, it's it's a risk, and I think we kind of take that risk, and we kind of project it on our sports heroes, onto our you know our, our celebrities, onto our figures, sports you know media figures, and it kind mm-hmm. of allows us a sort of a vicarious kind of escape. Allows us to kind of emotionally detach. So if my team loses, it's no big deal. No big deal. We'll try again next season, and you know. So it, it kind of protects us, I think, emotionally from that that level of risk and emotional hurt. I guess, and it, you know, it, it's easier, I guess, you know, to kind of project all that feelings of of triumph and accomplishment. And loss and and setback on on a on a celebrity or on a uh, athlete than it is onto yourself. I guess you know it's a certain amount of uh, emotional detachment. I think that we kind of take on. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're kind of I think conditioned to do. I think as people as humans we're conditioned to to take the path of least resistance and of, of less you know emotional risk. I think it, as as way society kind of conditions us. You know, and with that I think it, it's sort of easier to, you know, like you say, externalize all that risk and project all that loss, the pain of loss on someone else and the joy of winning. You know, I think that's kind of how it goes. So I want to hear your response to that.
1: All right, thanks for the phone call, man. I appreciate it. Great perspective. Thank you, thank you. I'm right there with you on that one. I'm right there with you. You know, Marty brought up a good point, and what he talked about was resistance. We avoid the resistance. And it's funny because, you know, so when I'm working with clients, and coaching clients, typically when they hit the resistance, we celebrate. Like, oh, man, resistance, that means there's something really cool on the other side. So thanks for the comments, Marty, because I, I think you are exactly right in regards to why we uh, glorify celebrities or, or follow these teams and make them the number one priority versus what's happening in our own lives. I think one of the things he, he said is, it's kind of like we project, you know, all of our hopes and dreams on on those teams. And so that way, if they win or lose, and we, we know we have something to look forward to, okay, maybe next year. And if we win, it's like, oh, my team won. And it, it gives us that temporary, and that's what it is, a temporary feeling of satisfaction. And we continue to follow it well, year after year after year. Uh, So great comments. Thanks for the phone call, Marty. I appreciate that. Anybody else who has a perspective, you know, feel free to call in 773 591 1690. You know, I think to that point, there's a couple of other reasons that I would add that we are so drawn to these celebrities or we're drawn to these basketball players, athletes. And. One of the reasons is because typically they have a very transparent set of goals and dreams. And so they have goals and dreams that are very transparent, right? I mean, being a celebrity, being an athlete, your life is exposed, you're vulnerable because everyone witnesses your loss. Everybody witnesses your wins. And part of the reason for that is because the goal is transparent, right? If you think about a basketball player, the goal is to win. We know that when they step on the floor. We know that. I mean, watching the games today between the Bulls and the Bucks, right? When all 10 of those players, those starting five from each team, step on the floor, the goal is to win. And somebody's going to walk away a loser. That's vulnerability at play wide open. I mean, you can somebody's going to walk away a loser. And for a basketball player, the goal is to win. And the dream is is to win by hitting the final game winning shot at the buzzer. That's the dream, right? I know when I was a little boy, we would do the three, two, one, throw the basketball up, and you know, and if you miss, you go grab it and you do it all over again. Three, two, one. Because that's the dream. And the goal is so clear, it's easy for us to get enrolled in a position With these players to either boo them or cheer them on and if the dream materializes we all know tonight again watching the game right the bucks won at the last minute and bayless hit the scoring shot that's a dream i mean that guy he probably dreamed of doing that in the playoffs most of his career even as a child that dream has come true for him and so This is why we're so attracted to it, right? Because it's right there in our faces. And at the big game, people yell, people cheer, they scream. But my question is, why don't we do the same for our goals and our dreams? And to rotate this around and look at ourselves, I want to ask, what about your goal in life? Like, what would be that number one goal? And is it clear? And is it transparent? Or do you find yourself really not sure? Like, really not sure about what it is that you want to achieve with this life that you've been given. And really wondering what your purpose on the planet is and how you should be going about that day after day after day. Because anything else means you're just wasting time. So what is your life's goal? And is it clear? Is it transparent? And what I mean by transparent is, do other people know? Why should other people know? Because it will hold you to a different standard of performance. I mean, this is why the people that we follow on Instagram, Twitter, the basketball players, the celebrities... Their goals are transparent. You know, if, if you're watching Kerry Washington on Scandal, her goal is very transparent. It is to have phenomenal ratings, to do a, a stellar acting job, and to maintain a certain level of status so she can continue to be a, a a class A actress. The goal is transparent. And if she fails, we will all see it. If she succeeds, we will all see it. There's a certain level of accountability that that creates automatically that will make a person either one push to be at the top of their game or fall apart. And so the question is for us is what is it that we want to achieve in this life? And is it clear and is it transparent? And if your dream materialized, how would we know? Like, how would we know that your dream materialized? Are you being transparent about your goals? Are you being transparent about that dream? Are you hesitant to share your goals and dreams with the world? Because here's the deal. Sure, you're going to get a few boos. Who doesn't? I get booze. (laughs) I'll tell you guys, I get some wonderful letters, some wonderful emails from some of you. And on the flip side, I've gotten some pretty nasty notes. You know, saying, hey, who do you think you are? Who made you an authority? (laughs) I think it'd be best if you stopped. I mean, so you get both sides of it. Believe me, you'll get the booze. But maybe... You can start today by sharing that goal or dream right here on the show. I will tell you, one of the things we talk about in coaching is declare and fulfill. I'll be working with a client and we'll distinguish maybe something that's been getting in their way. And they'll say, "Okay, that's been getting my way. And I declare today that I am going to push past that by Friday. I'm going to make sure I get this done. I'm going to push past the resistance and get that done. We call that declaring fulfilling. So I declare that I'm going to do something, and I also declare by when I'm going to do it. And then I begin to take action immediately to fulfill on that declaration. And so if you want to take that on this evening, give me a phone call, 773-591-1690. All you have to do is just say, hey, you know what, Linnell, today— this is what I'm going after in 2015 or this is what I'm going after for my life. I will I will slow down and let you say that because there is power in doing that. I know it personally that it's, there's a lot of power in doing just that. So maybe we can start today by sharing that goal or dream right here on the show. But as I was saying, at the big game, people yell, they cheer, they scream, they And why don't we do the same for our goals and dreams? Like when you achieve something, why don't we do the same thing? And are you as serious about your life and your prosperity as you are about March Madness or the NBA playoffs or your fantasy sports teams? And if the answer is no, then maybe there's an opportunity to make a powerful choice to change today. And if the answer is yes, have you shared those goals? Have you shared that dream with someone so they can cheer you on too? You know, ultimately, there's nothing wrong with screaming, yelling, and cheering for your favorite team. I, so I don't, wanna, I don't want people to say, oh, well, okay, Linnell is saying that you can't cheer or you, you can't yell for your favorite team. That, that's, that's, not, that's not the idea at all. But the idea is that you are screaming, yelling, and cheering for yourself, too. And hopefully, screaming, yelling, and cheering for yourself much louder. So tonight, cheer for you. Be powerful and be focused on your goals. And like I always say, you know, stay inspired while you're doing it. Stay inspired while you're doing it. So tonight's topic, are you living the life you really want, part two, and the two questions I'm asking, are you as passionate about your dreams and goals as you are for your favorite team or show, and what are you capable, what are you really capable of achieving? All right, got another caller from the South Side. Uh, I don't have a name, though. <laughs> but You do uh, have a
3: name. you got the name. It's M-E, as in me. <laughs> oh,
1: me. Okay. All right. All right. You know, <laughs> what I see come up on the board said me. I'm I like, okay, but he... me. Okay. okay well, he... welcome to the show. Welcome to Inspirational Perspective. How are you?
3: I'm excellent. How are you?
1: I'm well. Good, good. I wanted
3: to, first of all, commend you uh, through all the nays. I just heard your email comment about, you know, the good you know inspirational encouragement that you get from some of your listening audience and then you get the opposite and I wanted to thank you for continuing although you're getting some negative feedback because there are a couple of people it is if it's just me who appreciate what you're doing because it adds to the to my, one of my goals and so while you're doing something that you could be doing something else. You're giving your time to help people with your level of expertise and thinking, getting our people to start thinking about things that are really real versus all this entertainment stuff.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and no. so
3: I appreciate that. And I'm sure that those nays that you may be getting are because they can't see the value of where you are reaching people like me who are looking for a solution to help the masses that are struggling in this world of make believe.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah. And, and so, one of my goals, if you don't mind me sharing, and.
1: No, absolutely. Um,
3: okay. One of my goals is to correct or to help out in a way where we can reverse some of the damage that has been done through mass communications. See, the reason why we're trapped in the box or in the fiction world is because of the entertainment of television and radio and music that has contaminated us into believing we're not who we really are. We don't even know who we are.
1: Mm, Now you got me over here smiling. I'm waiting for the rest.
3: Okay, and so here we are looking at somebody live vicariously in an entertainment slave master's role of bouncing a ball to make advertisement commercials and have a life of luxurious uh, celebrity, and it ain't even real. We not get paid. We are paying to watch this mess, and instead of putting that same energy and that passion and those emotions that the men exhibit in sports, for instance, into Mm -hmm. loving our children or loving ourselves or loving our spouses or significant others and really not allowing this racist, supremacist mindset to dominate us and tell us what we're supposed to care about.
1: So I love that you brought that up because the undertone of the show, it's funny, when I was uh, preparing the topic for this evening, I wrote down self-love, that I really wanted to spend an hour talking about self-love without saying it. (laughs) And so you're, you're hitting on it right now because the whole notion that I would put a team above myself or a show above myself or a celebrity above myself Uh, To the extent where that becomes my thing or what I look forward to, so much so that I'm not clear on what I'm up to in my life or I'm up to in regards to my dreams and aspirations, means that there's not an adequate amount of self-love. Right. And so I love where you're looking in regards to self-love because that's exactly where I was looking as well.
3: And, you know, I wanted to ask you this. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? I know you have your own private life, and most of us do. But how do you, as a black man, make it down to the station every week and give up your time? And you don't see the results that I know is in deep within your heart that makes you get up and come down there and do that every day or every week, every, every uh, Saturday. How do you do <coughs> that and keep it going?
1: Well, it's, it's part of my purpose. I'm very clear on that. It's part of my purpose. Uh, I have a purpose statement that hangs in the guest bedroom on my vision board. And I think the most compelling part of that purpose is I will help myself and others live the best life possible. And so attached to that purpose is a vision that I see and a goal and a dream that I have. And so when I'm taking on the work of whether it's writing, preparing for the show, speaking, coaching, or fulfilling my professional duties, whatever it is that I'm doing, I've been able to align all of those things to my purpose, right? Even my relationship with my fiance, my relationship with my family, it's all aligned with the purpose. And so since it's all aligned with the purpose, it doesn't feel Life work. I get fulfilled from this. I mean, all it takes is one note after the show, and I'm like, ah, I reached. So I reached someone, and I'm fulfilled. It's a feeling that you that you know a little cash can provide. It's a it's a feeling that you know someone patting you on the back can not provide. Knowing that I shared something that caused a light bulb to go off to somebody, and as a result, the trajectory of their life. Has changed like from that point on they'll never be the same even if they don't take on the action right away just that light bulb clicking on means that they're gonna be plagued by the thought of I need to do more I need to do better and that changes a life and there's to me no better or greater work that any human being can do and so that is how I do it to answer the question
3: and and then lastly and I'm gonna get off because I know somebody else probably wants to make a comment here but um one one of the things that I was um, sitting here looking at, at in my life, in my private life, is that I'm not where I want to be. I'm far from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend too much time uh, trying to help everybody else, and I take away from myself. I could be selfish, but because of my religious indoctrination, we're taught to give of ourselves, give our give our lives, make those sacrifices. And so mm-hmm. I, have a, I admit and I see the imbalances and the damages that has done to me because I probably didn't do it right. Or for whatever the problem is, i got to correct it now for me more so than anybody else. And then probably once I do that, I may be a little bit more effective and my goals of trying to help my uh, the other everybody else come up to another level. Because I, I feel like, and, and I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like if I go up without anybody, then I probably won't want to come back down and grab a hand on the way up. So I stay down here so that I can reach somebody down on this level without concern about my getting to the next level. I can't rise if if I can't bring somebody with me and that's just my thought. I don't know if that's a fantasy in my own head or what. What do you think about that? And then I'll I'll hang
1: up and listen. No, no, no. Uh, Thank you for the question. It's a great question. And I, I think there are more than likely many members of the listening audience who have the very same question. So thanks for asking. Okay. So first, let me say this. That is a very good request for coaching. And so... I'll tell you what I'll do. I will give you a free hour of my time. If you, if you email me at Inspirational Perspective and just give me uh, information, I'll contact you. And we'll set something up where I can really help you. Because the answer I'm going to give you is only a fraction of what you probably really truly need to kind of get around that.
2: Okay. But, What's your email
3: address?
1: Do you have a Facebook account? Yeah, I do. Okay. If you go to Inspir- the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page, you can message me there.
3: Okay, great. I'll do
1: that. Thank you. Okay, so great question. I want to take 120 seconds to answer the question for those of you because she'll get an hour of my time. But for those of you who maybe are curious, the question she asked was, how do I look out for myself? Like, how do I take care of myself in my endeavor to help others? And it's, it's a great question because I think that's where a lot of people, you know, kind of fall into the hole of trying to help everyone else. And instead of pulling them up, they feel like they get pulled down. And I think the easiest one-two punch to answer the question, and this is not a complete answer, so I want to make sure I put that out there as a caveat. But the easiest way to answer the question is it is imperative that anyone who is in a position of leadership – take care of themselves. And I I use uh, President Obama as an example uh, last week. I'm gonna use him in a different way this week because I think when we think about leadership, that is, you know, uh, whether you like him or not, hopefully this is a good example for you all. So when you think about the president, he is the leader of the free world. And so as a result, there is a certain rigor that must be taken to ensure that his well-being is looked after. So if you can recall when he first came into office, the fact that he smoked cigarettes was a big deal. Now, why is that a big deal? The man smoked for years before he became president. The reason it's a big deal is because that was taking away from his well-being. It was something that was subtracting from his overall ability to source himself. And... The, you know, the individuals who look after the presidency know that. And so because they know that, then the idea for them is to make sure that's something that he stops doing. And what is it that you like to do? Well, he liked to play basketball. And so now there's a presidential court at the White House. They took the time to, you know, to put that in, place it where he wanted it, make sure that he has time to play basketball. And think about this. The leader of the free world has time to play basketball because that is what he loves and that's what sources him. And because they know that it's important that as a leader he is sourced, that time is cut out. And so one of the things I think to, to answer your question that we don't do is we don't take time to source ourselves, to pour back into ourselves. What is it that you need to do Or what is it that you like to do that sources you? And I'll I'll give you an example for me. One of the things that sources me after a long day is, you know, to put on headphones and just do some yoga stretching for 20 minutes and taking care of Lanell. Again, sometimes it's just being alone. Yesterday I was at the Chicago Business Opportunity Fair, you know, talking to people, helping people, having conversations, walking around, moving around. Went from that to lots of other things. Today, <laughs> the only work I did was work on the show, okay, what I want to talk about tonight, make sure that's clear. And then, you know, I took some time to watch the Bulls game and kind of just pour back into myself, relax, and just and get my energy level up. And that's okay, that's okay. So you have to make sure you're loving yourself. Okay, so great phone calls, and I have four lessons that I wanna share. And uh, if I don't have time to hit them all, I'll pick it up next week. But over the past couple of years, I've gathered about four notable reflections on my personal development. And after reviewing my reflections, I felt it would be a sin to keep them to myself. <laughs> to myself, okay, uh, you know, something I wanna share. And so I decided to share these four reflections with you all. Now, when I say four reflections, one of the things that I do, this is set the tone, one of the things that I do is I look back over my life, you know, so how did things go last year? We look at my notes and things I journaled from last year and just say, okay, hey, what did I learn? Uh, how did things go in 2013? What did I learn in 2013? And I began to garner some lessons from that. And if you're not really clear on what I mean by reflection, then you you might want to subscribe to the blog because I actually have a post coming that is going to talk about the power of reflection and projection and why it's so important that we do it. But number one, number one is you only get out what you put in. That was one of my first learnings from reflections that I had. Cliche. I know you've heard this saying a hundred times and the challenges of the past few years for me had a way of really making this truth, this universal truth, very clear. So let me let me share some of the reasons why it's very clear for me. And I call it a universal truth because the saying holds true for everything in life. I mean, you could pick a category and this saying holds true. You only get out what you put in. Think about education. You only get out what you put in. And I'm not talking about just formal education, I'm talking about even after formal education or whatever education you have. Whatever you learn and you use that knowledge to create executable action, then what you put in, you get out. It's that simple, you get out what you put in. Same thing with a career, same thing in relationships. You know, you can't abandon a relationship and expect the person to continue to be there for you over and over and over again. Same thing with the bank. Uh, you only get out what you put in. And there are a few holes in this principle. For instance, let's take the bank. If you rob a bank, then this principle can be broken, right? Because you can get out much more than you put in. <laughs> However, there's another law that plugs this hole that then says it says you're a bank robber and an outlaw. So <laughs> you only get out what you put in eventually, Okay. So if you want the most from life, you're going to have to put your all into it. That's the point. Number two, the impact one decision can have on your entire life is daunting. And so here's what I mean by that. The everyday, everyday decisions we make can seem simple and mindless. The decision we make on where we choose to go, what we choose to eat, what we decide to tweet or share on social media, all that can seem mindless. And so we make decisions with such ease that we often forget how monumental these decisions can be. The decision to stay home tonight could keep your life on track, on the same track, for better or for worse. The decision to leave home tonight could shift your life onto a completely different track, for better or worse, it's a decision point. And every decision, every choice has an impact. And I'm not sharing this to create fear, I'm sharing this to create awareness. Because awareness is the impetus of change. Tony Robbins has a quote, and he says, it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And so a question I have for you from point number two is, in 2015, our criteria will you use to make your decisions? What criteria will you use to make your decisions? Once again, if you don't have a life's purpose, if you don't have a life's goal, then it becomes very difficult to have consistent criteria. All right, number three. As humans, we have no clue of our own capabilities. As humans, we have no clue of our own capabilities. Let me tell you what I mean by this, and I've seen it in my own life. In 2014, I had dreams materialize and goals get accomplished that I could not fathom achieving at the beginning of the year, okay? And I definitely couldn't fathom achieving it in 2010. Some of my dreams seem to be just that dreams. It's funny, earlier today, I was cooking breakfast and I was listening to a recording of myself from 2010. I was just talking into my phone, no radio show. No blog, no coaching. None of this, a lot of this stuff didn't exist. It was just a dream. It was surreal to listen to that. That guy, if he heard this guy, it would seem completely unreal and outside of his capabilities. So sometimes we have no clue of our own capabilities. And some of my dreams seem to be just that, dreams. And so I set Audacious Goals that have timelines that seemed impossible. Yet, I meditated on those dreams, I wrote those impossible goals on paper, and then set my mind to their accomplishment, and months, years later, not only do I see that these dreams and goals are possible, but I'm doing quite a fine job at maintaining the impossibilities. And what I mean by that is continually taking it to the next level, right? All right. Radio shows possible. What else is possible? What else seems impossible? Let's do that. Let's go for that. Because we've all been created for greatness. And I, I couldn't say that unless I am going for it too. Okay? So let your light shine, set audacious goals, and then go accomplish them. We often have no clue of our own capabilities. So, what are you capable of? Number four. It's a big one for me. There is nothing more fulfilling and beautiful than love. And the full expression of that love. Nat King Cole sang it. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And for those of us who preach and teach love, the toughest task we face is learning how to accept love. And in the last few years, I've learned to accept love and it's raw Unfiltered form, and I'll tell you, you know, some of it was taught to me by Pam, and like, yeah, she softened me up a bit, but I needed it. I didn't know how to accept love, so when people said, "Hey, man, can I do this for you?" No, 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 I got it. Or, "Hey, I would love to do this for you." Oh, I got it. Didn't realizing that I'm cutting you off. Like, this is how they're showing their love. It is okay to say, "Thank you, thank you." I just took something from a good friend of mine. That every part of me is like, oh, no, you shouldn't, this is, no, I don't want, but he really wanted to give it to me. Thank you. Let people love you. That is the fourth thing. And it would be difficult for me to serve in the capacity in which I serve and continue to excel in this capacity without the wondrous miracle of love living inside my very being. And so in order for this gift to manifest in my life, I had to concede control and become much more vulnerable. And while that's scary (laughs) and definitely worth trepidation, I now can exude love as a powerful part of my essence. So those are the four things that I have learned.
0: This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Lionel Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.